Hi, how's it going? <laughs> well, you know, thanks, thanks for uh, for doing this. I really appreciate that. I mean, when uh, I was browsing through YouTube, I came across your channel um, for like Muay Thai stuff, and I was like, she seems really interesting. And then like the, I checked out the the channel uh, like the little subscribe peer uh, thing, and so it's got like a you know it's got that documentary, and I was watching. I was like, man. 50 fights that's so inspirational like, I, <laughs> but, like no joke i mean it's um i don't know it's it's uh i've only done like mma for a, a while before i decided like i was going to go straight muay thai so i mean yeah like uh i've got a special guest actually today so you want to go ahead and introduce yourself real quick uh yeah my name is uh sylvie von and I'm an American currently living in Chiang Mai, Thailand, where I am a professional Muay Thai fighter. Um, and this past weekend, I just had my 60th fight, and um, I'm fighting again on Saturday, so moving right on to 61. Yeah. <laughs> that is insane. <laughs> like, okay, because, you know, going through, like, the whole fight thing, it's 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 a lifestyle, Jay. Like, my... Um, to give you some background on me, um, I I grew up with a martial arts family. Like they they loved you know like I got uncles who were doing like uh, Aikido, uh, Shorin Ryu. So and it's like it's kind of it's always been there, but I didn't pick it up until a lot later. And it was you know the whole being a, a dork nerd type kid getting bullied. You know it's it's it kind of forced me into a situation. It's like I really want to defend myself. So I picked up uh, MMA and I ended up not doing so well with the grappling stuff. Yeah. So I uh, eventually I ended up like figuring out that I really loved striking and I found Muay Thai. And when I moved here to San Diego, I this the gym I'm at now, Art of Eight, uh, my current home, and I love it there. So I guess one of the bases is, is how did you end up starting? Um, my origin story is kind of weird. Uh, I did not do any kind of martial arts as a kid at all. Um, I grew up playing soccer, which is like what every kid did. And I love soccer. Uh, I'm not downplaying it at all. It's a great sport. Um, but it is not getting punched in the face <laughs> at all. Um, so I actually had never seen Muay Thai, like never heard of it, had no inkling of it whatsoever. And um, after I graduated from college, I moved in with uh, my husband, and he was making me watch his collection of kung fu movies, which is extensive, to say the least. And um, I've grown to love them now, but at the time, I was like, no more. <laughs> I don't want to watch anymore. And he was like, okay, okay, if I can just get you to watch one more. And he had me watch Ong Bak, which uh, the minute Tony Ja does that inverted knee in the first fight scene, I was sold. I was like, this yeah. is unbelievable my mouth dropped open I was just like oh my god rewind it well DVD whatever like go back and uh it took me a little bit after having actually seen it to actually uh you know think that this was something that I could train myself in um, or find training for uh we looked around and found you know where we could go in the area and um the first gym I went to it actually didn't feel like what had really inspired me from the movie, but when I found Master K, who's the basis of my YouTube videos, it was like 
seeing it all over again. I was so sold. He's so amazing. He's a currently 75-year-old Thai man uh, teaching out of his basement, and uh, he's, like, kicking pads at, like, 3 in the morning driving his wife nuts. Like, he's incredible. He's just amazing. And, uh, so, <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, that's what started it. That's, started it, that's so. awesome. <laughs> that's passion, man. That's, that's, yeah. That's amazing. For real. <laughs> so, like, how, how about what age then? Did I start? Was all that like, yeah? What did that start? Oh, uh, um, I was about twenty-four. Uh, I just turned thirty, so it's it's been um, a little under six years. Um, I think I started in earnest in like uh, March of of two thousand eight or nine. Um, and it's a slow progression. I mean, living in Thailand and having this actually be my profession and my life is a completely different experience than. Uh, you know, in the States where you have a full-time job and you kind of do this as an outlet or something like that, you're training like, you know, three to ten hours a week, and uh, here I train yes, seven yeah. hours a day, so. That, that's completely me, because yeah. um, one of the problems I had when I was, uh, I, I did fight once professionally in MMA, um, I was actually on Mark Munoz's card that I, on that, in Lemoore, California for and it was really cool because, like, it was kind of like a last-minute call-out. Hey, we, you know, we lost a fighter. Can you, you know, you want to substitute? And let's, uh, so I, I came in, and the guy I had actually trained with prior to, and I knew that he was a grappler, and I, he knew that I liked to stand up. So it was, like, one of those matchups type, uh, type <laughs> things. And I, if, I was going to go for the knockout, but, the, yeah, I completely I punched him once, and it was all grappling from then on. <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, like, it was, you know, at the time, I was I was still working, and I was going to school, too. Mm-hmm. So it was like I had a lot on my plate, and, and I was at my, I know my dad, he got really mad at me and lectured me about, you know, like, you need to pick one or the other. You have to figure out, like, if this is something that you want to do. Or, you know, you gotta, what, I don't know, he just, he, he was like, I got, I kind of got mad at him for like, why are you doing this to me? I completely understand now, but it's, it's a complete, like, in order to do something like that, you really need to focus your, your, your energy, all of it to it. So it was, it was, it was something different, like, and I saw like, yeah, 10 hours a day, like, I spend like at the max two hours at the gym, I mean, uh, minimum, but three hours yeah. at most. But did you do amateur fights first, or you just went straight into professional? Oh no, I did. Yeah, I did amateur fights. My first amateur fight was at a uh, was a smoker at at Fairtex in San Francisco, mm-hmm. and that yeah. was when I realized how much like I needed to to really work on because there was like a fourteen year old girl there who was hitting pads with their, um, <laughs> and she was like her form looked fantastic, and it was just like, oh my god, I don't want to shadow box anymore. <laughs> Yeah, if you ever wanna, if you ever wanna feel inadequate as a human being, watch an eight-year-old Thai kid on pads. They're just incredible. <laughs> like, Jesus. That's a lot of the videos I watch because I follow people on Tumblr that are Muay Thai uh, obsessionists, and uh, you know they'll post videos of these little kids, and and it's like the funniest stuff. It's like, man, their form is so good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I mean, like, so you at one point 
you were, you know, you were doing the, you know, the, you know, go, what was it, going to school or working? Yeah, I was working, yeah. And then you just, what, what flipped? You were like, you know, I really want to pursue this. Um, I think it was like a, a, a gradual inability to do as little of it as I had started with. Like, um, I just wanted more and more. And so it was, you know, just moving in that direction, kind of snowballing. So, you know, it started where I was seeing Master K like once a week. Uh, that's what we could afford. It, it cost, um, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't expensive to go see him. It was incredibly cheap given what you get from him. It's $50 for an hour and a half, which is like nothing. Um, but driving an hour in either direction into another state in order to see him, um, it was like once a week. And so um, we decided that I, I wanted to do maybe like three times a week, and it seemed like something that we could never sustain, but like really go after the effort of, of three times a week. And then once I was doing that, it started dawning on me that as much as I loved this and as much as I felt like I was really starting to get the techniques, I didn't know anything unless I could do it under pressure. And so the idea of fighting came into my head, which was not my initial intent when I first started. Um, and Master K was not into it. <laughs> he did not want me to fight. Um, and uh, so I basically had to get to the point where I was telling him, I'm going down to Virginia to fight. It would be great if you came with me, but kind of not asking his permission, which was pretty balled out given his, uh, given his position as a trainer. Um, and from there, it just kept going. And he's, he's been really incredible in um, not only accommodating me, uh, but also understanding me, you know, like he he loves what I'm doing and he's incessantly frustrated by my not doing what he wants me to do in the ring, but he's also really proud of me, like he's, uh, he's very, uh, he's very supportive given how far the journey has taken me from what he would have wanted, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's yeah, kind of funny, in that cause... way. <laughs> yeah, like, I, you know, it's funny the way, like, that works out, because, like, I, Sometimes I keep thinking to myself, I wish I had started younger, like, you know, like, really picked it up, you know, like, because, like, like, even though I had a, a family full of martial artists, it's like, I didn't, they, it's not like they sat down and really, like, you know, hey, you know, go in the backyard, we'll do this, we'll train, we'll do, you know, it was like, they'll show me things here and there, check this out, and I'll, like, you know, they'll flip me, and it, it, I'll fall to the ground, and I'm like, yep, no, nah, I don't want to do that, <laughs> but... <laughs> It, it really wasn't until I, like, I got into the gym and I was, like, because my, my family, we have, like, a, two different sides. Like, my, my brother and my dad, they're both highly competitive and very, uh, what would be the word, like, capable and, or just, they, they have, like, this kind of air about them. Like, they just know to handle themselves. And I, I was always, like, the quiet one. I just never really, like, I was too shy uh, to even, like, to, to be even to be doing something like this. Like, I, I, you know, like, this is the first time we met. I'm, you know, I, I'm normally, I know how awkward I am. It's just, you know, it's, it's honestly, like, martial arts and Muay Thai have really kind of taught me a lot of lessons outside of the gym, outside of combat sports. It's, it's. There's a lot you can learn from it, and that was like one of the things. And it's um, I don't know. It's 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 kind of funny to me, like how that grows and how that leads into things. And um, 
I guess on on your side, you know, because you started, I, I guess you fought in Virginia. You said. Yeah. That was your first your first fight. Yeah, I was actually unaware of um, any other fighters in my area, and so we went to nationals um, down in Virginia, the WKA nationals, for my first fight. And it turned out everyone in my weight class was from New York. They were like an hour away from me. Uh, so it ended up being like a big networking thing, which which catapulted everything else. Um, so it was really, really good that that happened. And I lost miserably in that fight. I was totally, like in my heart I was ready, but I was totally unprepared to be in the ring yet. I, I had no contact. Master K would not hit me. And um, I had no sparring partners. I, you know, kicked a bag a bunch of times. Um, so I, I definitely have have learned through my fights how to fight. Um, it was not a like, get ready and then do it type of thing. That's a hell of a way to learn. <laughs> well, it's a good way to learn, yeah? It's like, it's like what prepares you better than the thing that you're actually doing? If you're going to be a skier, you don't learn on a chair. You learn, like, actually on the slope or something, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because, yeah. Um, yeah, like I said, like... Um, when I when I walked into my gym um, the first time, I had no idea that I was capable of anything. Like I didn't know that I. It wasn't even like in my head that I wanted to fight uh, at all, or I had any kind of idea that I wanted to. So like, you know, I walked in there and and uh, I just started hitting and and like I had a friend of mine. Uh, he was he eventually became the guy who cornered me in most of my fights. Um, and so what we, I don't know, like just to see that transformation was really, really cool, and, and like the the way he's just, he's been there since the beginning for me, mm-hmm. and to where I am now, and I I just it feels pretty cool, and like so that that your master he he's done that like every one of your fights when you were in the states. No, he actually um he cornered for me in my first fight, and didn't actually stand in the corner. <laughs> yeah. He was, like, walking around. He was really unhappy with the situation. Um, so there was this other female fighter who um, had been very nice to me online. Her name is Floriana Petku, and she was a big deal in New York. Um, she she was a, you know, national champion and this type of thing. And because I knew her from online and she knew where I was coming from in terms of just being this girl lost in uh, in Virginia, she came and cornered for me because um, she's awesome and, and female fighters awesome. are badass. Um, so that was a really cool experience, and that also, I think, has definitely informed how important it is to me as a person to um, support women, you know, support fighters, support people all around. It's just, it's way too expensive to be, you know, like, snide with people and competitive and like, oh, well, we might eventually fight so we can't be friends. It's like, there are really not a lot of us. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. you get so much more from being generous than you get from being stingy. Um, yeah. And I definitely appreciate all the women around the world who offer me support. I don't think that this would be nearly as, you know, incredible an experience putting myself out there the way I do if, if people were not as supportive as they are. So. Yeah, and, and you know, I – it's 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 funny to me because, like uh, – you know, being a guy in like competitive sports, it's, it's, you know, you don't really think too much about it. And then like, and, and being a, like, I love, uh, supporting females athletes. They're, they're the most amazing to me because they, they, they try 
they do everything in their power and it's amazing what they do but then you get like the guys who are still like i don't know like ever since ufc got like you know female fighters um i was surprised because like you know like i do hear a lot of great stuff but then like you go online and you start looking at like the comments on something like wait oh my god there's people who are like still talking about Ronda Rousey, like, she needs to be back in the kitchen, I'm like, that's so fucked up, like, why would you say shit like that, do you even realize that this chick could rip your head off, <laughs> like, I don't know, like, to me, it's, 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 it's rough, and, and, and I know, like, in the gym, because we have a, a lot of female fighters in our gym, and, uh, they're all badass, and, and, um, their techniques are some, I think a lot of them actually, are a lot more technically better than all of us. I know two of them could whip my ass in in like an instant if we like started sparring. In fact, they hit harder. <laughs> I think it was um I think it was Gina Carano who said back in the day when she was in the position that Rousey's in now, um she was saying that she thinks the reason that women can kind of uh, outskill men in her gym is that we don't inherently assume we know how to throw a punch, whereas guys do. So, yeah, that's it. yeah, women break it down. We're like, show me how to do this. No, wait, show me your foot again. Whereas guys are like, I'm a dude. Of course I can throw the punch. Oh, like, my God. That could not be any more true. That could not be any more true. Like, uh, I don't, my, my like current gym, we don't have, I don't see that at all. Like, you know, everyone comes in there really, like, just willing to learn. And Bruce Lee is my biggest influence. Like, my dad is, uh kind of is the one who pushed Bruce Lee on me, and I was like, you know, I grew up watching all, like, his movies, Jackie Chan movies, and martial arts movies, so, like, you know, eventually I found him on my own, and, and, uh, his philosophies are kind of what were instilled in me, because I, I read his book, and I, I love it so much, and that whole empty your cup stuff, like, I completely believe that, and when I, you know, uh, I, I see that a lot, and like my my previous gym, uh, where I was from originally in Fresno or Lemoore, more specifically, um, there was a you know guys that come in there, and they're like basically you know they'll be in the class, and the you know you could see that they're rolling their eyes when this guy is like teaching them how to punch, and you could they're, they're like trying to figure out like hey, I'm I'm gonna just continue to punch the way I punch because I think I punch harder, you know, yeah, and I. It's so it's so ridiculous, and I know when when I actually I had been doing this before I moved to San Diego for quite some time, but uh, when I moved to San Diego and started at Art of Eight, um, I started taking the one on one classes, and um, Coach O and 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 Crew Mel they immediately were like breaking down stuff, and I was like, oh god, <laughs> you know, like I like. I, just the way I was throwing my jab and the way I was throwing my cross, they were like, check this out. Here's what you're doing. And I, and I'm, I was like, yep, this is why you take, you know, you, you, if you're going to start somewhere, it's always good to start from scratch, from like, from, uh, you know, square one, try to learn something new. And, and yeah, you're right about that. And I see that a lot in guys, but the women, they're, they're, they come in and yeah, they soak it up better. I think they're they're willing to trade hard. <laughs> Yeah, we also have to try a little harder, you know, it's, um, you, whether you're aware of it or not as a woman, you kind of have to validate your place there, whereas it's kind of assumed that you're 
you know, you have to prove how tough you are, you have to prove that you throw a decent punch. Like, you can't spaz around in a gym as easily as, like, a guy can kind of never get good and still be taken a little bit more seriously than a woman can. And uh, I think that, that in some ways that's an advantage to, like, to have to mentally um, acknowledge that you want to be there and that you want to succeed and, and take in everything like that instead of being lazy about it, you know? It's, uh, yeah. I think in some ways it's an advantage. A lot of the what I've noticed in, in in the gym is that a lot of guys who are newer or who are don't aren't around like the the women fighters enough. They tend to go easy, and a lot of the complaints I get from a lot of the women are like, they, "Yeah, he just doesn't you know spar with me. Like he just kind of pitter pats, and and it's like <laughs> you get that. I'm assuming I hate it so much, and if I could just describe it. In, in, like, a very simple way so that guys could understand why it's so frustrating. Have you ever, like, gone in for the handshake and someone gives you that real limp handshake and it just feels good? <laughs> yeah. That's what that kind of sparring feels like. And it's like, hit me! My, <laughs> my, my thoughts on this were, like, you know, if, if, if she's, you know, badass enough to walk into the gym and want to spar and want to train and even have any edge to want to be in that contact side... Um, you're doing her a disservice just like as if you were going easy on a dude, like you're doing him a disservice by, by pulling back on a lot of things when you're not working out with them. Like you're literally not treating her equally, you know I mean? Like it's, it's, you, you are in a sense by that definition completely like treating her differently, you know, like, and it, it, it is doing you technically a disservice, right? Is yeah, that right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's, okay, so, I mean, it's, about, it's about being able to see what your limitations are and push on them. It's not about yeah. constantly backing down from the line. It's about pushing past it. So if you don't have someone who's going to help you and push you and put that pressure on you, then it's, it sucks. Yeah, I mean, that, that, I mean, that's why, you know, like I have several uh, guys that I like to train with because they push me really hard, you know, like uh, – when I'm just about ready to puke, it's like, you know, they're ready to like push me to make me puke. You know what I mean? It's like, it's a, uh, it's one of those things that, uh, I don't know. I love it, and I, I, I see why, the, you know, the why the women fighters they complain about it, and it's like, okay, so I'll make I'll make it a point to spar the way I spar with you know guys and and uh you know, some guys will tell me to pull back, you know, like, cause I am going a little hard and, or a coach will tell me to pull back. And, um, so it's like, you know, just kind of go with the, the person really, like how, yeah. how they feel comfortable. Yeah. Cause I don't want to be that guy that gets like, you know, that goes too hard and, and becomes that jerk in the gym. <laughs> I hate it personally. <laughs> when someone goes like ridiculously rough on you. I'm like, I'm just trying to learn, man. Don't kill my liver now. <laughs> I feel like the times that I've experienced that, it's mostly that the um, that the attitude is too extreme rather than that the punches are too hard. Like, um, my trainers punch me really hard. Like, my trainers are definitely pulling back from what, they're all bigger than me, so they're definitely not hitting me with 100%. But they are really laying it on there. Like, I'm on the verge of tears and stuff, but they're not jerks. Like, they're not doing it just, to make me feel horrible. Yeah. I'm learning from yeah. it. So 
you'll see these guys who come in and they have like the puff chest and they're just trying to be a jerk, like they're just trying to, you know, alpha the whole situation and that attitude is what makes it hard to deal with rather than the actual intensity of the punches. It's like having a shit attitude about it is really the kind of offensive thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, uh, I remember this one time I started at City Boxing and it was, you know, I was new there and, um, the first day, like the first class I took, this guy was trying to kill my liver and it just, <laughs> just, you know, I mean, he was laying in there and by the time that we like, you know, coach had noticed we were all, I was already, cause I was angry. The guy was like trying to physically hurt me now like it's not a drill anymore it's not body sparring anymore so it's like oh you know what you're gonna try to put me down i will try to put you down yeah and it became you know it became a it became a mess and it was like i was no longer learning and uh and it's funny because like that's what you mean and um here at the r8 what we do is like you know we we focus a lot on on body conditioning so you know we'll do a lot of uh uh you know padless stuff and i'm not accustomed to that now i am now but you know they hit you harder but you know it's coming from a a better place yeah and i feel better about it you know like it's it's yeah so yeah i could see that i've never thought about it that way Yeah. yeah so well i guess then on from coming back to the story of you know you know you're in the states um when was it that you decided, like, I'm going to go to Thailand? Um, it was definitely always something that seemed like an amazing possibility that was impossible. Like, there was just no way we were actually going to be able to go, but of course that's what you would want to do. Um, and then Master K actually had heart surgery. He had angioplasty, and um, he was... It's incredible that this man was doing as well as he was, given that he had, like, 80% of his arteries closed. So he just became Superman after this, uh, after this surgery. But it was a very, like, it was a very dark moment for him. You know, he's in, he was turning 70 or 71 at the time, and um, I think that he kind of came face-to-face with his mortality in a way that he kind of didn't have to face before, because he's just this incredibly young person, given his age. And um, it kind of made us realize, too, that he's not necessarily going to be available to train me uh, forever, you know? Um, yeah. And so it seems like the right thing to do that because Master K teaches this kind of PhD-level technique that's so refined and it's in the details of how to get power and how to get this finesse and this really beautiful stuff. I like stuff. the way you explain that. <laughs> but I had no, like... I had no elementary program, you know, so I'm learning this really advanced stuff, but I had no baseline because I had no repetition. I had no, um, you know, like basic stuff. So we thought that the best thing to do would be to go to this like ninja camp basically in Thailand and, uh, and get that baseline in order to be able to graft all of the PhD level stuff that Master K has been teaching me on top of it. And um, we came out with, uh, finances and a plan for about five weeks, and the minute we landed, we were like, we're staying longer, <laughs> and uh, we we doubled our trip. We stayed for ten weeks and uh, totally dug ourselves into a financial hole. It was really not a responsible thing to do, um, mm-hmm. but it was the right thing to do. It was a great idea. It was chance of a lifetime, and it's basically when we went back, it was the plan of just figure out a way to get back for a longer period of time. 
And um, it was in that first trip out here that I actually met the other Sylvie. There's a Sylvie who's my same size from Canada who had been training and fighting at this camp. And she got 50 fights over a period of about five years. Um, and that was unthinkable to me at the time. I thought the 10 fights was probably what I'd end up with over a period of, you know, like six or seven years of doing Muay Thai in the United States. And um, when I met Sylvie, and she had retired after her 50th fight, I was like, damn, man, it can be done. Like, I want 50 fights, and that was the plan coming here. And then once I got to around 30 and 40, I was like, screw that, go for 100. Like, just blast right past 50, and so now the plan is, is to get to 100. So, that's, yeah, just keep that's moving. That's awesome. I'm, you know, good luck on those your endeavors. That's amazing. Um, so, I mean, like, I'm assuming your husband moved with you? Yeah, yeah. See, that's uh, that's awesome. Like, you know, the fact that he supports your your hobby and your, you know, what became your profession. Like, that's that's so cool. Like, I mean, cause to to pick up. I mean, cause like you know, like that's the thing that like uh, you know a lot of people have problems with, whether it be you know musicians, where it's like that's a huge, huge deal. You know, like you could have like like myself. Like I know. And I had had to come to terms with it that like this is, I have a job and this is going to be, you know that's that's my main where I'm taking my path. You know I'm I'm not gonna be a fighter. I'm gonna do this on 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 as a hobby. And I know that I'm no longer going to compete because if I really wanted to do that, I I would like my dad said I would have to really focus on myself on doing that. It's not to say that I don't love competing because man that was some of the best times in my life and I learned so much from from uh from my 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 fights and it's just i i love carrying that 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 piece of me with me like everywhere i go and but i i've also learned who i am and what i i want to do and what i need to do so like to to make that decision to do something like that and then have someone support that decision with you yeah. that that's yeah that's amazing and I, that's that's really cool to me <laughs> yeah i feel incredibly lucky i've i've met many women who don't have that same kind of support, you know, their their husband or their boyfriend does not like them fighting or, um, you know, wants it to be very minimal or, or these different types of things. You know, it can be a crazy number of different things that um, that just make it that much harder. Um, and, and that doesn't mean that those women's boyfriends or husbands don't love them, um, but the support that I have, like, un ending unquestionable support I have from my husband is just I'm very very lucky and it's what allows me to do this kind of thing that's such a rare opportunity to begin with and uh he believes in me when I don't so it's it's definitely something that propels me forward and and allows me to keep going at times when it's really hard um if you watch him during my fights you never get to see him because he's the cameraman but when I, when I get hit really hard, he's laughing. <laughs> Not because he's sadistic, but because he knows that I can pull through it, you know? Like, he's just yeah. like, well, Sully's so going to have to pull away out of this. It's kind of incredible. Yeah. Cool. That's awesome, though. Yeah. I really I really do enjoy that that aspect of the whole, like, that aspect. I didn't know that he was the cameraman, but that's cool. Like, yeah. I, I really do dig that. And, um... I guess on on going back to Muay Thai now, um, 
you know, now that you've trained in Thailand, because this is like, I, I literally just asked this yesterday to a friend of mine. Um, my coach uh, for one of the classes, you know, I, I found that he trained in Thailand for uh, three months. And I told him, you know, the idea just intimidates me, you know, like, because it's like, these guys have been doing it for most of their lives, you know, and it's like, man, I, I don't know how I'd feel like walking to, into, like, you know, a, an actual Thai gym and, and like, training under some of them, and it, it just, it blows my mind, so I guess, what would be some of the differences that you see between uh, the Thai camps versus, you know, some of the gyms here? Um, I think everything is different, um, but... The um, the intimidation factor that you're describing is, I find to be more inspirational than it is actually um, like soul crushing, um, because I see I see these guys who have grown up at the camp and they're just unbelievable and they're like 16, 19 years old. Um, I had never heard of Muay Thai when I was that age. Like I just they have like 10 years under their belt and they're only this age and um, I just I'm on a much smaller scale you know like I don't have that 10 years behind me I have everything in front of me so even though I'm 30 years old now um, I'm kind of at the level that like a 12 year old boy would be at so I'm only as good as a kid who's kind of starting in his career would be um, and so you can just watch them and, like, see this incredible power that's just come from years and years of doing this stuff. And um, it's, it's kind of funny to me. In the U.S., they've adopted a lot of this kind of, like, coloring system, like the belts. They've taken it. Yeah. Maybe because Taekwondo was so huge in the U.S. in, like, the 80s and 90s and karate that they've kind of, like, adopted it so that people can feel like they're moving. Yeah. But... It's, it's so silly because when you come into a Thai camp, there's no question how long people have been doing what they're doing. Like, you see the guy in the corner and you're like, holy crap, <laughs> I know that guy's a fighter. It's not like, well, what color is his belt? It's, uh, yeah. it's pretty when obvious. My uncle will go into days of, like, you know, what it's like to be a, at a gym here, you know, or, like, you know, a lot of them call it big dojos, I think, and, you know, from, like, when it was, when they first popped up from the time that, like, you know, it's like they just hand out black belts willy-nilly versus, like, you know, like he was saying, you know, when we, you know, they, originally it was called a black belt because you only had one belt and it's how dirty you got it because, you know, you're not supposed to, you know, like, there's a whole, uh, whole thing that he had for it. And um, it's, uh, it's funny you mentioned that because... Yeah, it to me I'm I'm never really cared about what it was the like um I don't know like the the growth in the, the martial art. It's more of like what I learned technique wise and how I can apply them. Like I'm just I mean that's that's honestly why I think I fell for Muay Thai because I I'm not the most flexible person out there. I'm not going to be able to do those super awesome flashy kicks that I would love to see, you know. Uh, and it just, it seemed to me that, like, Muay Thai just seemed the most practical to me, and, and I immediately fell in love with its practicality and how intimidating it is to me. And, um, yeah. you know, these, these, these guys 
you know, it's it's the most simplest form to me, and I I love it. Yeah, there's um there's a dude who came up to me at the gym a few months ago. Um, I think he was from maybe France, judging on his accent. Um, but he was clearly very intimidated by the gym, but he wanted to come and train. So he was asking me all these questions about training and whether it would be okay for a beginner to come. And I'm like, it's no problem. People come here who have never done Muay Thai before all the time. It's not a big deal. You know, just ask a lot of questions, all the stuff. And he just kept, like, insisting on this insecurity of not being adequate in, um, in his forms, which he's never done before. So I don't know why he thought that he would have to have some kind of basis. <laughs> but... What I was trying to explain to him is this practicality of Muay Thai that's because there's no katas, because you don't learn one thing for so long until you perfect it that you can move on to the next thing, I was telling him the moment you can throw a jab, you can go in the ring. And then it's not like you learn a more advanced jab, you just do it so many times that you get better and better and better at doing the exact same movement you did the first time you did it, you just get better at it. Yeah. So the difference between my kick and like Big's kick, which can knock down a tree, it's not that like I haven't figured out, you know, the the upper level perfection aspect of it. It's that he has, through endless repetition of it, perfected the exact movement I'm doing and taken out like a sculptor, taken out all the excess. So I've just got all this like excess crap around my movements that makes it look cumbersome. But it gets yeah. it gets stripped away the more you do it. You know, it's definitely like a appealing sculpting process. You just get rid of the stuff that you don't need. I think that's exactly like how my approach has always been. It's like you know, because I know my body and I know how I, you know, my 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 limitations, and I I push I push you know I'm I'm pushing through those limitations, but. Um, you know, with the tools that I have now, I want to be able to, you know, work them. And I know, like, with, for the longest time, my, my, yeah, because I am an orthodox fighter, my left leg just sucked so bad, and I couldn't figure it out. And it wasn't until I had started with these guys that, um, just, yeah, repetition, like you said, the constant amount of, you know, using the same technique that I'd learned, just keep hitting the bag and keep doing it as much as possible. And eventually I became so comfortable with my left leg that I throw it a lot more than my right now. And it's cause I, I you know, I, I could feel like my balance is there. I, I just, it feels good now. And I, yeah. I like that, that that's the key like to me. That's the repetition. Yeah. And that's a Bruce Lee thing. I think he, he once said was like, you know, I fear a man who doesn't know like a thousand kicks, but who has practiced one kick a thousand times. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That that's awesome. And I think I heard my coach say that once. Cause uh, he had like an epiphany about, um, cause I think Julie kitchen came to our gym at, uh, one time and he was watching her shadow box and he, he was like, you know, you look at these champions who 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 uh, come into our gym, and when they're sh when they're shadow boxing, they don't look that different from how you guys look. You know, it's yeah. just how often and how and how they apply themselves. So it just you know, and I found that really inspirational because she's like, and it's it's true how you say that. You know, it's just keep keep working, keep working hard on it. Yeah. I like that. How do they run things at the gym in, in Thailand? Um, 
it's a it's a full time job for um, for professional fighters out here for people who do it. Um, so you start running at six thirty in the morning, and um, you go for you know it depends on on how long you've been doing it. But for advanced people, we run about um, like eight to fourteen kilometers in the morning. Um, so it takes like an hour, and uh, then you come back and wrap your hands, shadow box, hit the bag. Um, do rounds with a trainer, do rounds on the bag, then you do drills, and then you do conditioning. Um, and then, so you end up going until about 9 or 9.30, and uh, then you break, go eat, and um, <laughs> if you're like me, you go back to sleep in the middle of the day, and uh, then you just do it again starting from 4 until 7. So it's, it's like um, I do private boxing lessons with one of my coaches, so um, sometimes I'm there 7 hours a day. Um, but it's just, it's just the same thing in the morning and the afternoon, just with, you know, more intensity, you'll do clinching and sparring and stuff in the afternoon, and, um, it's, uh, it's one of these things where people come in, uh, you know, and they'll, they'll be training with me, and they're like, how the hell do you do this? Like, you just, you never stop. They're always saying you never, ever stop. Yeah. And I'm like, well, that's kind of the point, is the way I'm able to do it is that I never stop. <laughs> like, I, uh. I liken it to when you're when you're trying to drive like a, a bicycle up a hill. If you're tired and you stop to like rest, you're never gonna get that bike going again. It's so hard. So you just gotta like drive it. You gotta let the legs burn and like get up past the hill by not stopping, you know, and then you get like a little a little ways to go. So it's not that I'm like gifted or amazing in any way that I'm able to, you know, do all of these drills or do all these miles or do any of these things, it's that I do it all the time. Like, um, yeah, and you're, you know, you're marathon passionate letters. about it too. I mean, yeah. because, you know, most, I think what keeps, you know, what other people don't see is that, like, yeah, the, the passion behind, behind the drive, because, you know, if it was any other person who was maybe training, um, you know, just to, to be, just to be there, you know, they'd fall back really quickly and, you know, just like, nah, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. Because, I mean, like, if you, if you think about how, you know, I, and I feel, I feel like this all applies to like this whole like subset of stuff like art and it keeps you driven. And I guess for me, what I ask you would be, you know, how do you even keep that passion alive? Like for, for this, like, how do you not get tired? How does it not become a chore to you? Um, there's a, a saying that I came across, <laughs> there's a saying I came across, and I, I'm not entirely sure how to credit it, um, but it, it was that, um, motivation is 80% expectation, or something like this, and, uh, I think that that embodies a lot of what allows me to feel impassioned all the time, and to keep going, is that when I do get tired, I expected to be tired, so I can remain motivated even though I'm tired, because I know I'm going to be tired doing the things that I do, and um, it's just, my drive is not for belts, my drive is not for titles, my drive is not for, you know, notoriety of certain types, it's more about wanting to get better, and it's pretty hard to not get better in some way on a pretty consistent basis, so... I don't lose motivation because I do see changes in things that I'm doing. I just want to get better. Um, 
And so in order to do that, I, I feel like driving forward is, is the right way to do that. And, um, and I get so much joy out of the things that I'm doing that it's, it's hard to not, you know, if I wake up in the morning and I just don't want to, like I'm tired and I'd rather lay in bed all day and I think about actually doing that, I'm like, my God, I am in Thailand <laughs> for two years doing what I love on a daily basis getting opportunities that so few people have and I don't know anyone else really who has had this opportunity um, and so it's kind of not hard to decide that I would rather get out of that day you know yeah and uh, see that that's that's really cool because like you know, I want to, I, yeah, like you said, I, there's no need for notoriety. There's, I don't want people to just, you know, they don't need to know my music or what it is. It's like, they just, I'm writing music to write music. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm designing, you know, clothes to design clothes. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm training to get better. I'm training because I want to learn something. And, and it's like, to me, that's amazing because I, I, I feel like that's, that's, pretty much the overall message that I'm, I'm discovering and I think that's ultimately when I just like when I came across your YouTube channel that's ultimately what comes across and that's why I, I when I noticed it I was like man I could see this person's drive like this this is it's it's genuinely there and they love what they do and like that's to train you know seven hours a, a, you know is that is your full-time job and and you know you hear people here who do their jobs and complain about it you know and it's it's cool to see that you know you spend so many hours you know doing what you're doing and and yeah. still in love with it and even then have a a huge you know you're going for a hundred fights yeah yeah which can be so, done <laughs> It's yeah. like the four-minute mile, man. Once you do it, everyone's going to want to do it. I'm not going to be, like, the only chick with that thing going on. Like, people are going to follow, and that's going to be awesome. There's going to be, like, a little bevy of, of people who do this, which is going to be really exciting. Yeah, and, I, you know, that it's, I, I respect that so much. I think, uh, you know, what you do is amazing. Um, and, I I mean, that's why I had to, to, to get you on. I immediately was, like, I was drawn, like, to the idea of what you do and and like the just the overall like the the goal that you had set immediately <laughs> like, you know when i was you know, watching that documentary you know, to find out that now you're shooting for for 100 it's that's that's insane so i mean on, <laughs> I guess before we we wrap it up um so i mean you you're living in thailand now and are you planning to come back to the states anytime soon or no it's um it's difficult to get here and easy to stay here so um the the best option and the most appealing option is to try to extend as long as we can, uh, which right now is really just a financial issue. Um, my husband works online, so uh, we do have an income here, um, so that's sustaining us and and should be able to kind of push us a little bit farther. Um, so we're aiming for May of 2015 um, for when we might be coming home, uh, but I'm not thinking too much about it. <laughs> like I'm not. Um, I'm definitely trying to be responsible about it so that, you know, I can, I can find a job and, and, you know, hit the ground running when I'm back in the States, but I'm, I'm not thinking about it too much because it's, um, it's not really my focus at the moment. Awesome. Well, you know what, um, 
I do. I really do appreciate you, you know, jumping on because I know it's late over there. Um, so, uh, you know, I do really, really want to thank you for joining. And, and, you know, I do. I think what you do is awesome. And I'm, you know, I'm a fan. Uh, do you, I mean, do you have any last thoughts or, you know, things you want to say? Um, just, uh, just in any way to encourage anyone who's out there doing, you know, what you're doing, doing what I'm doing to blog about it, make a podcast, do the thing. Like, the fact that you doing this whole thing that's, that's sharing this passion and this experience, I think it means a lot to a much broader audience than what people anticipate. And, uh, and being generous about that kind of passion, I think, is, is an important thing to do. And it, it definitely helps people like me. Like, I, I really don't want to be the only voice out there. <laughs> I definitely crave, you know, like other people writing about this and hearing what their experiences are and that type of thing. So, uh, you know, the more voices, the better. And uh, with the Internet nowadays, why not do anything? Exactly. And, I mean, it's funny because I, I had, like, I've always felt kind of iffy about putting myself out there. Like I said, I, I'm, I'm, I'm very for the most part, really shy and really private. Yeah. Um, so like when I decided to do this thing, it was, it was really just like, I'm, I'm not going to have, I'm not going to deal with the negative criticism, you know, like, and then, um, I was like, you know what, I will look at it. I will check them out and see what people have to say and learn from it. And, you know, discern what people are trolls versus, <laughs> you know, that was, that's the major thing. I mean, you look at the these com these negative comments. It's like some of them are you know you can maybe weed out something important, but if not, then you know just like you know these people have something that they would just want to get off their chest. It's not it you know you're doing something completely amazing, and and I think that's that's what's you know that's what matters, and you know you're doing it for yourself, and like you said for you know because you have that passion. So thanks also for for that. I, I do appreciate that. So, have a good one. All right. Thank you very much.